I feel like I have to keep myself looking a certain way because women are we get so many messages from society about how we look and how we need to fit into like you said these boxes not just with hi there welcome to finding your spark again i'm so glad to be here with you today sarah haas is going to talk to us and she's a woman's weight release expert and body love coach, integrative nutrition health coach, certified personal trainer, podcast host, and speaker. She draws on her education and personal experiences as a 50-something single mom and breast cancer survivor with a type 1 diabetic son to guide and support her clients to become healthy, vibrant, and unapologetically confident. Her holistic approach to creating overall health integrates nutrition, body movement, self-care, self-compassion, and body love. Today, we're going to talk about obstacles, adapting, and thriving. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much. I am so thrilled to be here. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm I am excited for this topic as well. Uh, you know, as I looked over all of the materials about you, it is clear that you have a very uh, deep relationship with the world, right? You've been through some things. <laughs> so, uh, so it's always good to talk about these things with someone who really knows what it's like to be there and what it's like to have gone through whatever those changes are to be in a position of thriving. So tell us a little bit about where you're from and what's going on. Well, I live in the mountains in East Tennessee, which is a beautiful place to be. If you like nature, if you like hiking, rivers, lakes, you know, which I do. I'm very outdoorsy and active. So yeah, I've lived here most of my life. And I, like most everybody, have been through my share of challenges. And I have realized, I realized it a long time ago, but um, through every challenge, you learn and you grow and you change and it can really change the trajectory of your entire life. You mentioned I have a son with type 1 diabetes, and he is 17 now, but he was diagnosed when he was 6. And he was just in kindergarten, you know, had just started school. And for those who don't know a lot about type 1 diabetes, it's not a lifestyle-related type thing but it's not curable. They don't even know what causes it. And it's scary. It, it's definitely life-threatening if you don't do the right things to take care of it. And that, you know, unknowingly at the time, I was a graphic artist. I did graphic design. Not realizing at the time, I was going to be thrown into this world of nutrition and I took all this training, you know, I'm a mom, if, if those moms out there listening, you know, you go into this mama bear mode. If you find out your child has an incurable disease, however, it's very manageable. If you do the right things, I was all in, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I start learning and 
I start changing myself too, my own health and my, my whole family. And we come up with something that just works and we feel so much better. And I realize that a lot of people need this. You know, people are, are all needing this physical health. And that's why I went back to school. That's why I got certified in integrative nutrition and I became a certified personal trainer. So, you know, that was kind of one phase of, you know, just a life changing. (laughs) We evolve, right? We just continue to evolve. And I love that you like to really tap into people investigating their inner worlds and how what happens in your outer world affects your inner world, which then makes you make more changes to your outer world, right? (laughs) So yeah, so that's how I got into the business that I'm in. And then a couple of years ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I was in my late 40s at the time. And, you know, I'm doing all the right things. I'm super healthy. I eat organic. And, you know, I exercise every day. I'm teaching people literally how to be healthy. So, of course, I never dreamed this would be something that would or even could happen to me. And I was faced with all the things, you know, I had to do, I did 20 rounds of chemotherapy, 25 rounds of radiation, and I had three surgeries. So it was about a good two years worth of medical treatments. But during that time, boy, did I do some inner work. (laughs) I mean, any kind of major life event or a major health event and especially one where you're you're confronted with your mortality right like I didn't know how this was going to turn out I'm happy to say I am completely thriving now completely cancer-free feeling amazing I've rebuilt my health I've rebuilt myself but so much inner work got done during that quiet time And of course, looking back, you always kind of wish bad, quote, bad things didn't happen. But then once you're through on the other side, I don't know about other people, but I would not change my life. I would not change the things that have happened to me, the things that I've gone through because of who I have become now and all the things that I learned about myself, I'm able to take that and let it ripple out to my clients, to other people in my life, to my family and loved ones. And, you know, it's really just been a journey that, that started with that, like you said, the obstacles. Yeah, that's right. I love that you're really talking about, um, associating your who you are and who you are becoming with self-love right that there's a thing that we do in this society that is do you fit in this way do you fit in that way do you fit in the other way right and so we kind of get ourselves into a box and then there's no way to have the self-love, right? Because we're just bumping up against everything going, well, I, I don't quite fit in this way and I don't quite fit in that way. 
And so when you start to talk about like who I am and who I'm becoming is way more lovable than who I was, then we're, then it's a whole new conversation, right? Because then the joy of the discovery of who I can be is a part of a story that is a difficult story, a physically difficult story, I'm sure mentally and on your relationships as well, but it's, and on work, right? It's hard to go through what you've gone through, but you're in a whole different position when you can really uh, bring that all into one place and say, this is how I love myself. So that is so interesting. You, can you tell us more about some of the mental work and emotional work that you you that this fostered in you? Yeah, you know, I love that you mentioned the self-love piece. And that's kind of why my title is a women's weight release coach, because that's the physical part, right? That's the getting healthy part. But I'm also a body love coach. And, and I don't just mean body. I mean body, mind, spirit. You know, learning how to love yourself and to care for yourself and nurture yourself and give yourself all the care that you give to everyone else. And we as women really struggle with that because we're sort of brought up to be nurturers. We're brought up to take care of everyone else. And in the process, we keep bumping ourselves back down to the bottom of the long, long <laughs> to-do list. And I think, you know, all of us start out as children getting messages from parents and teachers and other kids. And then you go into high school, which is horrifying. <laughs> and yeah, you're trying to figure out that whole time, who am I? And it's kind of like, we're just a little ball in a pinball machine. One person says, you know, oh, you're too much this or not enough that ding. And then you get bounced over to the other side and they say, oh, well, you're, you know, overly this or, you know, whatever it is. You're, you're not skinny enough. You talk too much, you know, whatever. You're not smart enough. You're not working hard enough. All those things. And we just keep bouncing from one side to the other. And that's one thing that I love about being in midlife now that I'm in my 50s. It's that you really start leaning into who you really are. I mean, that's a process that, you know, you start it. It starts on day one, really. But the the older you get, the more you learn about yourself and the less you care about what everybody else thinks. And that was definitely an issue for me going into my cancer diagnosis. I was very much a perfectionist. I was very hard on myself and held myself to this, you know, perfect standard, which nobody could ever, perfection doesn't exist, you can't ever get there. But you know, I felt like I had to be the perfect mom, then I got a divorce after 17 years of marriage. So then I'm a single mom, and I'm raising teenagers. And I feel like I have to keep myself looking a certain way because women are we get so many messages from society about how we look and how we need to fit into like you said these boxes not just with how we act and things we do but but how we look and being in a health and wellness space I'm out there you know I'm I'm on social media and it can really take its toll 
you know, I have haters out there sometimes. I've had the trolling where people saying, you know, well, you don't do this and you should do that. And, you know, now when I went through having cancer and I got knocked on my butt, (laughs) you know, I could, some days all I could do was lie on the couch many, many days and watch TV. And so I lost my physical fitness. I could only eat what I could eat. And my body's all scarred now. I mean, I have so many scars. But I feel better about myself than I ever have in my entire life. I look worse. (laughs) Objectively, (laughs) I look worse than I ever have. But I feel extremely confident and comfortable in my skin. And I know who I am. I know what I have to offer this world. I know that how you look has nothing to do with your value as a person. And a lot of that work was done through the process of going through cancer and realizing what's really important. You know, when you're faced with life and death, you really step back and reassess what's important, what's not important. And when I get to the end of my life, whenever that is, I want to have done and been what I wanted and and who I wanted to be. I don't want to be who other people thought I should be. I don't want to give a crap about that anymore. And I was able to let that shit go. (laughs) That's so great. You brought out so many wonderful things to talk about here. Um, You know, one of the things that I really hear in what you're saying is about conflict. And I think that when we talk about overcoming and adapting, right, kind of adapting, a lot of people think that means making ourselves into somebody that's acceptable to the world, right? Um, That uh, we do those things. We place other people first. We uh, place other situations above our own health and wellness and and mental health and wellness. Um, And, you know you really bring to mind this um, tenant about conflict and and arguments that we have with people. And, and that is that we, you know, when they're looking at you and they're saying, you are not X, Y, Z, good enough in, a, in whatever direction, you are unacceptable in these ways, or they're saying you are, unacceptable in these ways, right? Um, that uh, that all of that is about self-reflection, right? That has nothing to do with the person they're talking to, right? It's all about like, these are the rules that I am trying to follow and I see myself as deficient, but I cannot face that in myself. And therefore I see the deficiency around me in all these different ways. Um, And so it's really, it's great that you kind of bring that out because I think a lot of people in the position that you're in, the position that I'm in, uh, and and people with even more notoriety than both of us put together go through this feeling of like, how do we, how do we make it all okay for people? And we don't have to, we don't have to. It's completely unimportant if it's okay for you. It's only important if it's okay for me. And that I can be of value in some way in this world, right? And that that doesn't mean that it's for you who doesn't love me at this moment, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, 
So I love that you're making that point about that there's, it's really tangible what you're talking about. It's not just because people go through this in their day-to-day -day lives. I, the, uh, the high school reunion comment, fantastic. I went to one. I, I couldn't figure it out. I just couldn't, I couldn't, I hadn't talked to them in a lot of years. Uh, I, I knew something was not right about me in that scenario. Like I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> and those are the moments that make us go like, how do we morph into something acceptable? But that's not really the adaptation that we're talking about today, is it? No, absolutely not. And it's funny that you just said that because less than a month ago, I went to my 30-year high school reunion. <laughs> And I had a really great time. And I went in with a super open mind. You know, I was not concerned with success or, you know, who I was bringing with me. You know, I'm, I'm, I just kind of let all that go. And I just focused on seeing people that I used to know and care about that I haven't seen in a long time and hoping that they're doing well. And I had a great time. I was, you know, I, I'm very different than a lot of the people that I grew up with. I live in a very conservative area, rural, you know, small town type. And, and I'm, I don't, you know, my life view is very different from what most of the people that I grew up with. <laughs> and so it was really interesting getting back together. But I just, I just see the love and I just see that people are all the same deep down. We all just, we want to have happy lives. We want to feel good about ourselves. We want to be loved and, and to have good relationships. And, you know, again, having cancer, that's what really it drilled down to me. Like all this other stuff doesn't matter. The relationships, the relationships are what matters. And in the past, I remember one time when I was in college thinking, I don't even know what I actually like. I literally don't know what clothes I like. I don't know what hairstyle I like. I don't know what activities I like. I'm a chameleon. I remember thinking in my brain, I'm a chameleon. I'm morphing into whatever the situation calls for. So whatever organization I was attending, you know, events or, you know, whatever it is, groups of people or parties or, you know, anything, clubs, friends, I would just sort of morph into what I thought was going to make other people happy. And you can never make everybody happy. It's impossible. And like you said, they're, they're projecting their stuff onto you. And that goes for good and bad. If they're saying, oh, you're not enough, or you're not good enough, that's because they don't feel good enough. Or if they are thinking that you're something great, a lot of times that is also a projection of something that they want, and they don't feel like they have, and they're wanting it. Um, and I know I experienced that myself, you know, I look at, at other people at celebrities or at, you know, people who are super successful in business or, or whatever it is, I'm admiring them because of my inner stuff. That's what I want. Or if you, you know, it, it's like with the, with the negative, when people are putting you down, 
I always try to go back to that little, <laughs> this is going back, this is aging me, but when I was in elementary school and someone would call you a name and you'd say, I'm rubber and you're glue and everything you say bounces off me and sticks to you. Well, that's a perfect metaphor to really that's what's going on they're projecting it onto you and if you can make yourself rubber give yourself that boundary and not absorb it just bounce it right off and send it right back to them because they're the ones that own it yeah yeah so good um and and really a great lead-in to um how we get to thriving right how we get to this part where um you know, for you and for many, many people, uh, the threat of death is something that makes you wake up and go, oh, the lights are on and it looks really different in here. Um, and high stakes are like that. Uh, a lot of times that will happen for people when they're in a relationship and then they don't want to lose it and they wake up and they go, oh, wait, wait, wait I, I have to stop acting like this and pro placing priority elsewhere. Uh, when I want this relationship or I don't want this relationship, right? Um, so, so talk to us a little bit about that moment of turning the lights on, right? It's, it really does remind me, I lived in New York City when I was younger and, um, you know, New York City is so awesome at night. It looks so beautiful. But when you wake up and it's six o'clock in the morning and the garbage trucks are there, like it's a different city. <laughs> it's a really different city. Um, and and it reminds me of that, your story of uh, being able to have a life that was good. It was good. There was nothing kind of wrong with it, right? Everything was sort of going okay. You were doing all the things. You were raising kids and uh, being a single mom and being successful at your work. But when the lights get turned on, then it's really different. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Yeah. And, and I think that's one reason why a lot of people who overcome cancer call themselves thrivers, because it really does. It, it really gives you a whole new perspective about things. And I think a lot of us are caught in this trap of focusing on lack you know, what do we not have in our lives? You know, whether it's not getting to the level of our career that we wish we were at, or, you know, whatever it is that that you ha think that you aren't where you should be or where you want to be. And we we think about that all the time. Like, I don't have this and I don't have that. And instead, we really need to focus on, oh my goodness, look at what I do have because we're all thriving. We just don't know it. <laughs> our life is thriving, but our brain and our heart isn't recognizing that fact. And I really took stock while I was going through this cancer journey and realized, oh my, cause you know, I thought, oh gosh, all these things that I thought were so important. Now I'm like, Oh, if I could just rewind the clock and go back to where I was before that, and everything that I had going for me and didn't have cancer. Wow, you know, I would do anything, <laughs> anything that I thought was a challenge, anything that I dreaded. I would take that over cancer in a heartbeat. So it just it makes you realize like, Oh, wow, 
I do have a lot. I There's not lack. There's abundance. We are thriving. Okay, maybe we don't have the physical health that we wish we had or think we should have. Maybe we don't have the finances that we wish or think we should have. Maybe we don't have the relationship, you know, whatever it is. That doesn't mean that you aren't thriving because you are in so many areas. And now that I've come out on the other side, I'm so grateful for my health. You know, I'm so grateful that I can do all the things that I used to do. You know, that I'm physically strong again. I can run. I can go. You know, I did stand-up paddleboarding last weekend. Three years ago, I would never have been able to even imagine myself doing that. You know, because I did good to walk around the block (laughs) and do a little stretching. And so now that I'm on the other side... And I'm, you know, I'm still a single mom. I'm still divorced. I still have a son with medical issues. You know, I've had breast cancer. I still have to get, you know, I have medical bills. I have to get tested. You know, of course, there's still things. But I'm like, oh, wow, look what I do have. I have a home that I love that is a sanctuary for me. I have two amazing kids. I have a job that I absolutely love. I have my health. I have my strength. You know, I was hating on my body all the time and thinking, okay, I'm not fit enough. I, I don't, you know, I'm not thin enough. I'm not whatever enough. And now I'm nowhere near what I was before, but I'm like, I'm awesome. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> I'm thriving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're really talking about, I mean, as I hear about it, I hear you talking about this shift in focus from what is not working out or what is not acceptable to what is working out and what is acceptable and what is precious about this life. What is fun and interesting and engaging about this life? Because this life, like a lot of times people really act like this is just something we got to get through, right? Because that's the system that's set up. It's societal and there's a lot of contributors to that. But, but when you shift that focus and you say, okay, that's it. I am no longer willing to live in the world that is not enough for me and that I am not enough for. Um, A lot of things change. And I'd love to hear a little bit about what happened in terms of community, in terms of how do people hold space for one another uh, for that kind of a change? Because it can be massive and really disruptive, you know? I'd love to hear your experience with that. Well, one of the amazing things that came out of my experience was, first of all, that relationships are the number one reason that we're here on Earth. It's not for money. It's not for cars. It's not for physical attractiveness. You know, it's it's relationships. It's your kids, it's your romantic partners, it's your family, it is your friends. And people came out of the woodwork to support me when I was sick. And it was incredible. It was so amazing. People that I had gone to high school with 30 years ago that I had not heard from reached out to me 
clients, my past clients would send me cards and gift cards. I had one person who made homemade jewelry and sold it and gave me an envelope with like $40 in it of coins and dollar bills because she wanted to help toward my treatments. I mean, it was just incredible. And not to mention, you know, my partner and my kids and my parents and, you know, my siblings, all my family members gathering around me, but just even people, people that I had worked with in the past. I mean, it was just so amazing to have that kind of support and to realize that you're loved way more than you realize. And, you know, like I said before, we tend to focus on our lack instead of our abundance. And with that outpouring of love, I realized how much is out there for you. And we need to express it more. And that's one of the things that came out of it for me is tell people when you admire them, appreciate them, tell people how amazing they are. Because don't wait until there's some kind of crisis to reach out to somebody. And since then, my relationships have become so much deeper and richer with everyone, family, everyone, friends, because I realized the value of that and the importance of that. And that's a just a beautiful thing that came out of all of this trial. That's great. That is so great. Congratulations. Thank you. So wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I feel like, you know, we could just go on and on talking about this, but this has been our time. So please, I'd love everybody to uh, be able to get in touch with you, Sarah. Tell us a little bit about how they can, and we'll make sure it's linked on the platforms they're listening. Absolutely. Yes. So my website is sarahaaswellness.com and Sarah with an H and Haas with two A's. That's <laughs> a hard one. It's a lot of letters in a row. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I'm also on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube all under Sarah Haas Wellness. And if you go to any of my channels or my website, I have an awesome free gift, which is a rev up your midlife metabolism guide, because I work mostly with women like myself who are in midlife, experiencing changes physically, mentally, emotionally, and in your, in your lifestyle. And I want to give people help to get healthy in this stage of life and to be their best and to be their strongest and to be their healthiest. So you can download that free guide anywhere you can find me. Wonderful. Thank you so much. That's great. It's been great having you here today. Thank you. It has been such a pleasure. I appreciate you having me on. Well, I also want to remind everybody that you can definitely get the free guide to being unbreakable on my website and directly if you go and type right in or click the link below that says unbreakable.guide, it will take you directly to being able to get that guide, which will give you an entire system that will allow you to 
ditch all those feelings that you have, like anxiety, worry, uh, feeling that you're not enough, inadequacy, like we've been talking about today, and really move in the direction of the life that you want to live. Thank you for being here today. See you next time.